You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Don't have to worry about telling you all to show up on a Wednesday night, huh? Man, it's so good to be here with you all tonight. You know what's, hey, I, I got a sad thing to admit. This is my first Wednesday night at Students. Ah, but now there's no need to boo. It's okay. But I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm pretty fired up to be here. You know, Pastor Jackson, when this whole best day of the week thing came out, I was like, you know, Pastor Jackson, you, that's a pretty bold claim. I, I, it's, I mean, you're claiming Wednesday to be the best day of the week. And I got to tell you, I think he's right. I think Wednesday's the best day of the week. Yeah. So... I'm so glad to be here tonight. For those of you all that don't know me, my name is Josh Romano or Pastor JR, not to be confused with Pastor Josh. So let's go, Pastor JR. Um, and I'm on staff here at New Song, and I'm super fired up to be able to bring God's word tonight. There's a lot uh, that I feel like the Lord uh, wants to share with us tonight. And I want to say this too if this is your first time here, I don't know what got you here or how you got here, but we're so glad that you're here. I want to let you know we've been praying for you, believing God for you, and I'm telling you, it's no accident that you are in the building tonight. And so I'm glad that you're here. I just want to encourage you, uh, if you see me, uh, I'd love to meet you if I haven't met you. I'd love to hear about what God's doing in and through your life. So make sure uh, you uh, say hey uh, after everything's over. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, uh, one of the great things that I get the honor of being able to be over here at New Song Church is being New Song Men's Pastor. Okay? So, yeah, that's right. So I got an announcement for uh, all the men in the room. Uh, we have got our New Song Men's Retreat coming up. October 27th. Yeah, come on. October 27th through the 29th. Now, here's the cool thing, guys. Okay? Listen, students. And guy students, okay? Sorry, ladies. This is just for the men. Uh, but one of the cool things is, is it's going to be on a Thursday night, on a Friday, and on a Saturday morning. So if you sign up, you get to miss Friday school, okay? How cool is that? I would have thought I would have heard an amen. Uh, but we'll be able to help take care of that. But here's seriously, in all seriousness, here's what I want to encourage you, young men. Listen, this is going to be an incredible weekend. It's an incredible weekend, and here's what we believe. You're just as important as everybody, uh, every other man in the church, and so I want to encourage you, if you're 13 years or older, you can come to the men's retreat, sign up at newsongpeople.com slash events. Uh, early bird sign up is between now and the end of this month, and uh, we'll get you a note that you can take to your school and say, hey, I've got this exemption, and uh, you get an excused absence for coming and hanging out, so I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, we're going to be working on some transportation stuff too, so that Thursday after school, uh, we'll probably bus uh, the students up there together. It's going to be an awesome time, so make sure you sign up for that if you can come, and uh, you know, bring your parents as well, your dads. That would be awesome. Yeah. So we're fired up about it. And then the other thing I want to say is, man, I tell you what, you guys, I hope you realize how good you have it with this student ministry. Okay, like I was thinking about this, you know, my. Just so you know, my, my life was dramatically changed in student ministry many years ago. And uh, actually, you know what the funny thing is? The year that I was uh, uh, graduating high school, that uh, the first song that you guys sang, that's the year that that song came out. So I was down here, yeah, one way. I'm not going to sing it, but I remember doing that. So it was great to have that little, uh, little 
nostalgia uh, this evening. But I want to tell you, my life got changed primarily because I had an incredible student pastor and incredible student leaders. And I've been around a lot of student pastors and a lot of student leaders, and you all have the absolute best student pastor and student leaders. So could we give honor where honor's due and give it up for your leaders? Yeah. Super grateful for them and all that they do. And so we're going to get in the word. And one of the things that I love that Pastor Jackson always says is do whatever you got to do to go ahead and get ready to receive. So if that means you got to move around, maybe move away from that person that might, you know, be distracting you or whatnot, take this moment, get comfortable, get ready to receive what God has for you tonight. And uh, let's go to Lord in prayer as we get ready to receive. Father, we love you so much. And I am so grateful for you, Lord. So grateful for your presence. So grateful for what you're doing in and through this ministry. Lord, I just pray right now that you would do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we invite you in and we say that you are welcome. We pray that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would open up our eyes to see what we need to see, our ears to hear what we need to hear. And most importantly, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts to receive what it is that uh, you have for us tonight. Lord, we thank you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, well, I am fired up to bring a word tonight. Um, Pastor Jackson asked me last week, he said, hey, would you mind sharing at New Song Students? And I said, yeah, I'm, absolutely. And so I started thinking about, man, what is it that you would have me share, Lord? And I was praying about it, and then I went and talked to Jackson, and I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And he's like, dude, that's the exact same thing I was thinking. So I feel like the Lord has got something for you all tonight. And I just want to address this too, by the way, okay? So for those of you that are like sitting here, I don't want this to be a stumbling block going, what's he going to do with that pizza? Okay. It is two boxes of pizza and we're going to, we're going to get into this in a minute, but don't, don't worry about it. Okay. So just, we'll get to that here shortly. Um, but as I was praying and preparing for tonight, I really felt like the Lord just wanted me to kind of set the stage with this. Okay. And that is, I hope you guys understand how important you are in the, in, in the kingdom of heaven and with what God wants to do. Like you are so important for this move of God that's gonna be taking place in the world that we live in today. And here's, here's what I hope you understand, okay? Because the truth is this, like the world we live in today, it looks a lot different than the world looked than when I was in students. And we're quickly moving past certain things. Like I was thinking about this, you know, we've got insane technological advancements, my brother has got a Tesla. He lives in Texas, and he can control his car with his phone, like a remote control car. Like, that's nuts. And so, and what I'm getting with that is, is technology has advanced, and all this other stuff has advanced. One of the things we've seen is people's need and desire to want to pursue the Lord has, has decreased. And here's what I believe. I believe that your generation is a generation that God wants to use in a mighty, mighty way. Matter of fact, we were praying this evening, and one of the things that I prayed is, I believe this is a generation that will not see the decline of Christianity in the Western world, that you're going to be the generation that sees radical revival take place like never before. And so as I was thinking about that, you know, one of the things that I want you to understand is you don't have to wait till you're in college. You don't have to wait till you're married. You don't have to wait till your kids or have kids. You don't have to wait till you've got like the career that you really want before you need to recognize that right now, where you're at, you're a leader in your school, you're a leader in your home, and God can use you in a mighty, mighty way. And we're going to look at some of that tonight, but as I was thinking about it, I was going, okay, what's the main principle? Like, 
Lord, if there's one principle that you would have me share that would help these students understand like how it is that you want to move through them and what it is that they need to maintain, that is the, the principle of spiritual integrity. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down, spiritual integrity. Now listen, integrity is super important in the world that we live in today, and it's super valued because here's the truth, like the bar for integrity has been pretty lowered, right? Like I think you guys can all even agree with that, right? Like there's a lot of people that say they're going to do one thing, and then guess what? They don't do what they say they're going to do. That means they don't have integrity, all right? Pretty simple equation there. And unfortunately, we don't see that. And so when people see you have integrity, it's like, man, these people stand, they, they, they're set apart. This is, this is someone special. But even beyond that, like when we think about the things that we face in the world, when we think about the things or the challenges that are going to come against us, the way that we're going to be able to stand firm and the way that we're going to be able to know what direction we need to go is how, how deeply rooted our spiritual integrity is. So here's the definition of integrity. Let's, de let's define what this looks like. It's on the screen. You can read along with me. It's the quality of being honest and having strong biblical principles or biblical uprightness. It's a personal choice to hold oneself to consistent biblical standards. So what, what's, the, what's the common word in there? It's biblical, right? So what's, what's biblical integrity? What, integrity? what separates... Uh, regular integrity or everyday integrity from biblical, or I'm sorry, spiritual integrity. It's this. It's God's word. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the things that we got to understand is just like it was saying there is we've got to make sure that we are maintaining consistent biblical principles and biblical standards in our life so that we can have this. And you know, one of the things I was thinking about, like you're positioned really, really uniquely from the standpoint of, I think now in your life, you probably have more time than you'll, like more free time. I know a lot of you are involved in a lot of extra stuff, but outside of school, outside of sports, outside of Xbox and social media and all that other fun stuff, you've got more free time on your hand probably than you'll ever have. And the unique thing about that is, is it positions you really well to really work on the principle of spiritual integrity more so now than probably ever that you'll have in your life. So it's something that we really need to work on. And so what I wanted to do is go through and highlight three things. Say big three. Big three. All right. So we're going to look at three big things of what spiritual integrity is in the importance. And then we're going to look at two principles on how to implement integrity. And then I got a story for you. Okay. So let's get started. The first big three or the first of the three on spiritual integrity is spiritual integrity is foundational on the call for your life. If you are going to walk in the will of God for your life, if you are going to do what God wants you to do, if you're going to step into the call of life for you, that God has on your life, then you need to make sure that you have spiritual integrity. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible is Matthew 5.8. We just did a uh, series not too long ago here at the church, um, uh, Kingdom Manifesto, and it was on the greatest sermon ever preached which is the Sermon on the Mount, which we find in Matthew. And at this part of the sermon, Jesus is going through what's called the Beatitudes. In Matthew 5, 8, Jesus says this. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, what Jesus is addressing here is he's addressing a heart issue. He's addressing us at the heart. He's not saying, hey, blessed are those who wear really dope clothes 
and are rocking the best sneakers and who talk the most eloquent and who are the smartest in algebra. Right? That's not what he's saying. He's saying, blessed are those who have a pure heart. He's, he's addressing the heart. He's saying, hey, like, if you want the blessing of God on your life, then, then how's your heart? What's your heart look like? How's your heart positioned? And beyond that, I think my favorite part of the scripture is there's a promise associated with having a pure heart. Or in this case, we could say with having integrity. The promise is you're going to see God move. It says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. That is a promise you can take to the bank. When you have a pure heart, when you position yourself and go, hey, Lord, I am so focused on making sure that I am rooted in spiritual integrity, in your biblical principles, I'm going to see you move. I wrote this down. I said, integrity is the foundation that gives us the ability to influence those around us, and it affects how much God can bless us and how much we can advance his kingdom. So it's important that we recognize that this is fundamental and it's foundational to the call in our life. Number two is this. Spiritual integrity is whole and complete. Whole and complete. You know why it's whole and complete? Because it lacks nothing. The reason why it lacks nothing is because God's word is perfect. I love what Proverbs 11.3 says. It says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. That word duplicity is kind of a funny word. Uh, have you ever heard anybody say, oh, that guy or that gal, you know, they, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. You ever heard that? What that means is, yeah, they're going to say one thing over here, but then they're going to go over here and say another thing. And yeah, they're, they're not the same thing. I was thinking about like a good person that would be a duplicitous person would be for any of the DC fans in here, uh, Harvey Dent, Two-Face. Yeah. He didn't just get his name Two-Face because half his face got burned by some chemical fire or whatever it was that uh, burned his face. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Two-Face is a Batman character. So just want to establish that. He's not a real person. Uh, but they called him that because they called him Two-Face Harvey Dent as the district attorney. And so that would be kind of, you know, that, that's what I'm talking about here is somebody, that's what Proverbs is saying is when you try to be one thing over here and another thing over here, yeah, it's going to destroy you. But those who have integrity, it's their integrity that guides them. And so one of my favorite examples of this, and this is where the pizza comes into play. I think I am going to need a volunteer. Uh, Gus Blunt, why don't you hop up here, bud? Everybody give it up for Gus. All right, here's the reason why. I'm not going to have you say anything or eat anything. But hey, could you open up that box of pizza? All right. I've got a picture of it just in case you guys can't see it. If you'll tilt it out and let them see it. All right, this is, first off, let me say this about pizza, okay? Because I think this is important. No, you can, you can just hold that pizza there. You're doing great. Okay, so here's a great thing about pizza. And by the way, this has absolutely nothing to do with the message, but it's just really good info for you to have. So pizza, who in here likes pizza? Okay, awesome. If you don't like pizza, we've got altar ministry after the service. You can come down and you can get healing. And here's the great thing. Even if you're gluten intolerant, guess what? Everybody's got gluten-free pizza now. So pizza for everyone. So, but back to pizza. Pizza's awesome. And here, here's something. I don't know if you guys ever find yourself at the lunch table or going like, hey, if you could have one thing to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Right? Like, I've been asked that question. 
And I've thought about it. For 34 years, I've thought about that. You know what I think the safest bet is? It's pizza. Here's the reason why. We've all had pizza for dinner. We've all had pizza for lunch. I can tell you this. I've eaten a ton of pizza for breakfast. So if you had to pick one thing, pizza, solid bet, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I say this. Pizza has integrity. Okay? Yeah, that's right. All right. We got an amen on that. But anyway, pizza's great. And hideaway's incredible. Okay, so back to the message. Now, so this pizza right here is loaded with integrity. Do you know why? Because this is a whole pizza. And here's what I mean by that. Okay, hold on. Let me take this. By the way, this is Alfredo sauce. It's the best. Ma'am. Okay, see, that tastes good. Now, here's the thing. This pizza right here, this slice of pizza, I want you to think about this. Your life is broken down into many different segments, okay? So all of you in here, you've got a part of your life that is your life at home. You've got a part of your life that's your life at school. Hey, we've got our best day of the week life right here at students. Sports, maybe your social media, all that other stuff. Now listen, it's not necessarily that you're a different person, and let's hope that you're not, but it just means that you operate in different areas of your life. It's the same thing for me. And each one of these pieces, let's say they represent a different area of your life. Well, here's the thing. The great thing about this, this pizza right here is this slice right here. Let's say this is my home life, okay? I'm going to go right across from it and pick this slice up here. I'm not going to eat it. But let's say this is my life at school. Guess what? It's the exact same. Cheese is the same, crust is the same, and the sauce is the same. This is what we're shooting for. This is what integrity looks like. It doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing. This is what integrity looks like. Now, let's lift up this other box of pizza. All right, you can put it up there, the other picture. Now, I have a question, Gus. Do you know what kind of pizza this is? Uh, Supreme. No, no. Um, Hideaway Special. Bingo! There's a guy that knows his pizza. This is the Hideaway Special. Now, here's what's special about this pizza. Okay, and it's special. Let me just say this, is if you don't know what you want to eat, you go to Hideaway, it's off the menu now, and you can, you can order it, so it's a little secret menu option, but you say, hey, I want the Hideaway special. Guess what? Every slice on the pizza is different. Now, check it out. If we're eating pizza, that's great. This is not how our life should look, all right? This is not wholeness. This is not completeness. So if this is what our school life looks like here, and this is what our, you know, sports life looks like here, we're not walking in integrity. We're not walking in integrity. Hey, everybody give Gus a hand. Thanks, buddy. Listen, if that's what our life looks like, one of the things that we have to recognize is we struggle with integrity. And listen, here's what I want you to understand, okay, students? Like, integrity is not perfect, okay? So I don't want you to sit here and think, like, that it's this, this perfection that we're achieving. Nobody's perfect. Jesus was the only one that perfect. That's not what we're looking for here. But the question that I ask you is, do you find yourself sitting here going, man, I know, I know it's students, I act this way, but man, in the locker room or at that sleepover, I, you know, I hear this and it's like, ah, uh, am, I, am I being the hideaway special or am I being, you know, the complete wholeness, like cheese pizza from hideaway? You know, one of the great questions I think you can ask yourself is this, like, if my teacher was to describe me to my parents. 
Would, would my parents recognize the person that's being described? Would, if, if my football coach or my gymnastics coach was to describe, were they, if they were to describe me to my, my uh, student's pastor, Pastor Jackson, would he recognize the person they describe or would he go, ah, man, that sounds like Josh, but uh, I don't know. There's, it's, not, it, it's not the same version that I see. So here's, here's the great thing. And we need to strive to be the same person in every phase of life. Listen, we wear different hats. You know, you're probably going to be more aggressive on the football field, men, than you are here at church. That's okay. But what I'm saying is, is your character. Back to what Matthew 5, 8 was saying, is your heart posture in every single one of those segments of your life the same? You guys get what I'm saying there? All right, awesome. Number three is this, and I love this. Integrity protects Transparency over image. How many of you all know that we live in an image-based world? You can lift up your hands. If, how many of you agree with that? Okay, good. I mean, let's be real. We had to create an app called Be Real because people ain't being real. For real. Right? I mean, think about it. Like, there's this app. And here, you know, some of you... I think you're, you're setting your be real up to where it's like, hey, it seems a little staged, okay? So we're not even being real with be real, all right? But think about it. Like we had, you know, people care about the image that everybody else is see far more than they care about transparency. Look at what 1 Samuel 16, 7 says. It says, man looks at the outward appearance, but what? The Lord looks at the heart. You know, the Bible tells us, that one of, the, one of the things that we're to do is we're to be image bearers of God. We're to be image bearers of God. The image that we should be worried about um, building is how much more are we looking like God every single day? Just like what we're going through right now in the church, practicing the way of Jesus. How much more am I looking like God rather than you know trying to be concerned about what my Instagram looks like or what my social media or whatever it is? You fill in the blank. You know, the question that you can ask yourself, and I'll tell you, I ask this question to myself often is, am I spending as much time building my, like, my character in looking more and more like the image of God as I am building what I'm trying to let everybody else see? Are you taking as much time doing that? Because here's the truth. Like, if we look at what it says in Proverbs 10.9, and I love this verse, it says, whoever walks in integrity, whoever values transparency. Whoever does this, what does it say? It says they walk securely, but whoever takes crooked paths, they get found out. You know the, you know the big, I, I believe it's one of the biggest benefits of walking in integrity is you don't have to worry about what circumstance or what situation you come in on. You get to walk securely. Yeah. And here's the reason why you walk securely. You're not worried about what other people are seeing. Because, again, your life isn't segmented into different pieces. You're going, hey, I am who I am. And I, first and foremost, am a son or a daughter of the Most High God, and that is the image that I'm portraying. So it doesn't matter. And what it's saying is, is, is those that don't walk in that, those who take crooked paths, guess what? They're going to get found out. How many of you guys know that? You know that person that's like, hey, they're, they're always changing who they are and who they're around and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden they get found out and it's like, oh man, not a good look, right? So it's important that we maintain those three things. It's important that we understand, hey, these are, these are three big points 
in regards to integrity. Now, you sit here and you go, okay, so we know what integrity is. We, we understand what spiritual integrity is. How do we keep spiritual integrity? Like, how do, we, how do we do this? It's great to hear that, but what are some practical ways to keep it? Uh, I want you to write this down. The, the first one is this, is that you're to have an up-to-date personal walk with God. And when I say up-to-date, I'm not talking about up-to-year, up-to-month, up-to-Wednesday, up-to-Sunday, up-to-date. I think a great question that we can ask ourselves and here's, here's something I want you to understand, students. This, this is stuff that I ask myself. This is stuff that I'm telling you I have to continue to work on. And here's a question that I think you can ask yourself is, like, one of the things, I'm in a core group with three other guys. And when we get together, you know, we used to just get together and we were like, hey, you know, how are things going? And, and you know, we'd just catch up and talk about those things. But you know what we realized is a really good way to judge how we're doing spiritually is we ask ourselves the question, like, there's a guy in my group, his name's Scott. I'm like, hey, Scott, what's God been saying to you lately? What's God been saying to you lately? You know, I know all of you are in here groups. Like, we have groups after this. A lot of you in here uh, have close friends that you guys hang with uh, outside of church. I think it's a great question you can be asking yourselves. Like, hey, what's God been saying to you lately? Because the truth is, is if we find ourselves going, I don't, know what God, I, I, uh, not sure, like point two from Pastor Josh this weekend was really good, <laughs> then you know what? It's a great check for us to sit here and go, you know what? I, I need to spend more time in God's word. I need to spend more time getting to know God. And again, like I said earlier, there will never be another time for you where it will be a greater opportunity for you to begin to put these principles in place. The further you wait, the longer you wait to do this, I promise you the harder it's going to be. And if we're not careful, like if, if we're not focused on this, social media, Xbox, um, all the other stuff, like if, if we pursue that first and foremost, those things are going to make sure that we don't find time to spend God, with God. So it's important. I love what Hebrews 4.12 says. Hebrews 4.12 says this. It says, the word of God is living and powerful. Living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, uh, and of joints and marrow, and it's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You know what, what that's saying there is this. Like, hey, if I'm struggling with something, and I, I don't know necessarily, like, hey, what direction should I go with this? Like, how does, how does my spiritual integrity, you know, play into this? You know what that's saying is it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to let you know. The word of God, I, I, trust me. There is nothing you're going to face that this does not have an answer for. Amen. Nothing. And listen, you can read through this thing a hundred times over. It's going to speak to you differently every single time you go through it. You know what I love about it is it's like when, when we're going through stuff or we're experiencing stuff where it talks about how it's piercing to the soul and to the heart, there's going to be moments in your life where you get into the word and you read it and you're like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Like, that's why it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, because what it's doing is it's cutting away at the stuff that needs to be cut out so that the stuff that God wants to grow in your life can have room to grow. I love what that says. Romans 12.2, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Man, it's important that we have an up-to-date relationship with the Lord. Amen?
So make sure that we're doing that. And I'm telling you, here, I want to I let you know, you guys go to a church. We go to a church that champions this better than any other church that I've been in. And I'm not saying that to sit here and say, hey, look at us. What I'm saying is we value this here in this house. And that's why we have things like I love what Haley was saying before worship. Like we've got the Being Transformed Journal. How great is that? How awesome is it that every day you have the opportunity to read through the same word that everybody in this church is reading? How awesome is it that you have the opportunity to get in and know that the same verses that you're going through, the same stuff that you're using, the soap method to go through and say, okay, Lord, how are you speaking to me, is the same stuff that your mom and dad are going through. Like it's connecting us and it's bringing us together. Like this is something that's really, really cool. So we need to make sure that we're maintaining that. Number two is this. You're to be accountable to the authority over your life. I didn't get a single amen on that one. <laughs> uh, you know what this means? Like, let's, let's look at Hebrews 13, 17, and then we'll expand on this. Hebrews 13, 17 says this. It says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Listen, if you've got a Bible, I want you to circle the word submissive, okay? We're going to come back to that. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. All right, so who has authority over your life, students? Like, if you think, yeah, there you go. I think I heard a mom in the back say, Mom! Uh, Your mom and dad. First and foremost, you know the unique thing is right now where you're positioned in your life, God has placed authority over your life that you're to be submitted to. As you grow older and as you move outside the covering of your parents, what's unique about it is you get to begin to pick some of that authority that you get to choose to say, hey, who who am I going to be accountable to? But right now, first and foremost, it's mom and dad. Now, listen, I was a student one time, okay? And I can remember (laughs) very vividly mom and dad, you know, saying, hey, nah, no. And I always knew when I was in trouble, Joshua, come here. And it's like, what do you want? What did I do, Mom? And she's like, I just want to talk to you. I was like, well, you could be sweet about it. But I remember those moments where it was like, hey, son, your father and I or my, mom, or my dad talking, hey, your, your mother and I, like one of the things we want you to realize is, hey, this group of friends, I, I don't know if we should be running with this group of friends. Or, hey, you know what? Like I know you want to stay the night at that buddy's house. I think it's best that, you know, let's, let's, maybe, let's maybe wait a little bit. And, and listen, the truth is this, like there's going to be moments where you're going, mom and dad, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. Can I tell you something? They've got a clue on what it is that they're talking about. Because I can promise you this. I even did a little bit of thinking, like I can remember there was a, like I was going back through and going, man, I remember when my mom and dad said this, this and that. And I was like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And now I'm like, no, they were right. They were right. They were right. You know, I like, look at what it said in, in Hebrews. It says, they watch out for your souls. They're going to give account. Like they care. Trust me. They care. And that word submissive, here's the reason why I had you circle the word submissive. God's word tells us that we're to submit to the authority that has been placed over us. And listen, all authority has been placed over us by God. All authority. That word submissive, do you know what it means? Like if you can sit here and you go, you don't know you're submitted to authority until you disagree with authority. And here's what I mean by that. 
Until you disagree, like let's say for your mom and dad, until you disagree with something that your mom and dad say and you still walk through it, you don't know that you're being submitted to what your mom and dad are telling you. It's important that you're submitted. Submitted means, you know what? I recognize you're the authority that's been placed over me. You care about my integrity. You care about the direction of my life. I'm going to submit to what it is that you have. Now, I want to ask you this question, or not necessarily ask you this question, but, you know, lean in and go a little further. Now, beyond your mom and dad, there are other people in your life that you can invite in to have authority in your life. Now, this, this is something that I really encourage every one of you to do. This is something that I've done. Like I was saying earlier, I've got a core group, a core group who has authority to where if they see something where they're going, hey, you need to, you need to check this blind spot. Because the truth is we all have blind spots. Like we all, we all have areas in our life where we don't necessarily see where maybe we're lacking in integrity or we're lacking in something. And so God allows other people that are either over us or that we invite in to go, hey, let me help you out in this area. So here's, here's what I would encourage. You guys in your schools, like other believers, other students sitting in your schools, and I would prefer young men, you be with young men, young women with young women. Like sit here and say, hey, this is an area that, that I struggle with. Or hey, you know what? When we're facing this or we're seeing this injustice take place or whatnot, why don't we hold each other accountable so that we can make sure that we stand up when we need to stand up? Like trust me, when, when you have people that are watching over you and that you know are looking for those areas that you're weak in, guess what? You're going to do better. You're going to do better. Because none of us, like how many of, how many of you guys in here enjoy someone saying, hey, we need to talk? Like, uh, not doing great in this area. Like, that's not a fun conversation. And if you've got that accountability and you're that accountability in somebody else's life, guess what? We're going to do better. And trust me when I say this, God can look down on that and go, that's somebody. That's somebody that can move. That's somebody that I can use. And I, I'm telling you, it's, it's an incredible thing to make sure that you put in your life. Like I said, we all do better. I do so much better when I have accountability in my life. I do so much better. Because I value, first and foremost, being integral. But the other side of it is I know someone's going to call me out if I'm not doing what I need to be doing. So one of the things that, I, you know, like I was sharing earlier, um, I was thinking to myself, one of the ways I learn really, really good uh, with is when someone's able to share a story. I, I connect really, really good with a story. There's two things that a story does. A story helps me identify and see the principle laid out, but the other thing is it really builds my faith. Because here's the truth. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and what he's done for others, he can do for you. And so I was praying is, as I was putting this together, and I was like, all right, Lord, what story would you have me share? Now, understand this. I have seen God move in my life in many, many ways. And I've got a ton of examples. But I really felt strongly that the Lord was like, you know what? I don't want you to share one of your stories. I want you to share one of my stories. I was like, okay. And so he led me to Daniel. He led me to Daniel. And, and I want to look at Daniel 1 through 4. Now, I'm not going to go through and we're not going to read it scripture. I'm going to kind of tell you the story. But many of us in here... We're familiar with the stories in Daniel. We're familiar with Daniel in the lion's den. We're familiar with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we're, we're, we understand that, hey, they were saved from a fire. They stood. But here's one of the things I want you to understand. Long before they were faced with the opportunity to stand for the Lord and go into the fire, there was a lot of stuff that happened between that time and then. 
okay? So we got to go back to Daniel 1. And I really, here's the reason why I love Daniel. And here's the reason why I believe that the Lord pointed me to this. I think if there's ever a book in the Bible, like I want to encourage you, continue doing your, your Being Transformed journal. But if you want some extra reading, I think Daniel's an incredible book. The first six chapters specifically for, for how we are to behave and carry ourselves in a world that is opposed to the things of God. And I love this book. So we start out in Daniel chapter 1, and what takes place here is Daniel and his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are among a group of God's people that are taken captive into Babylonian captivity. And we've got King Nebuchadnezzar, okay? That's a hard name to spell. I, I was putting the notes together, and I'm like, man, Nebuchadnezzar, that's, you wouldn't think, it's got an A and a D in the middle of it. It's, you don't say it, but it's, it's strange. Um, but... Yeah, I don't think that's going to be in any spelling bees at your school, but just in case it does, there you go. But Nebuchadnezzar is like, hey, Ashpenaz, come here. Um, I want you to find, like, the best and brightest that we're, we're taking, okay? We're, we're coming in, and we're taking all the, these people. We're taking them captive. I want you to find the best and the brightest. Young men is what he asked for. And so here's one of the things that I want you to understand at the time that these boys were taken into captivity and at the time of these stories, they're somewhere between the ages of 13 and 17. Like, I think sometimes it's easy for us to read the word and go, man, these were great men of God. Guess what? These were students. These were students. And I believe that's the reason why the Lord pointed me to this story. Because these were students who were like, okay, we're set apart and we're coming into the king's table at the king's palace. And here's what the king, here's what they did. He began to change their name, he changed their dietary restriction, and he changed their education. Here's what I want you to understand. The enemy, the same enemy that took him captive, that's the same tactic of the enemy on your life today. He wants to try to change your identity, he wants to get you to feast on the things of the world, and he wants to indoctrinate you in his ways. It's no different. And so we see these three guys, actually four guys with Daniel, and Ashpenaz is like, hey, we've changed your names. You're going to go through all this stuff. Here's a big table of stuff that you're going to eat, okay? It says that they were taken into the king's table and they had all this stuff to eat. Now, I think it would have been really, really easy for them to be like, hey, we didn't choose to be taken into captivity and we're like set apart, so something's going right. You know what? Why don't we just eat from the food at this table? Not really going to hurt anybody, right? But you know what these four guys said? They told Ashpenaz, they said, hey, Ashpenaz, can we uh, submit a request kindly to you, sir? Um, we don't eat from this table. Like, with all due respect, it goes against our kosher guidelines. It's not something that is uh, part of our religious, it's, part, it's, a, it's our, you know, uh, religious exemption. We can't eat from this food. Can you, can you help us and maybe get us some different food? And what's unique about it is they said, hey, like he started, you see some of this tension take place, the same type of tension that maybe you're going to feel in scenarios when someone says, hey, why don't you do this? And you're like, ah, that doesn't really jive with what God's word says. And I love what they said. They said, just test us. Just, just test us. And he's like, okay, I'll give you 10 days. And within 10 days, guess what? Everything worked out fine. God honored it. God blessed it. And you know what's crazy about the story? At the end of Daniel chapter 1, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all got promoted. You know what that tells me? 
that that tells me that you can be in the midst of unbelievers and God is still going to put favor on your life so that unbelievers begin to promote you. Because again, what do we, what do we learn in Matthew 5 eight? God cares about the condition of your heart. When you have a pure heart to pursue the things of God, to stand firm in the integrity, guess what? God says, hey, we're going to move you up. We're going to promote you. And then you get to Daniel chapter 2. And in Daniel chapter 2, we see that Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and Daniel interprets the dream. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, oh, man, this God of, of Daniel is awesome. And then he totally forgets about him in chapter 3. Because in chapter 3, we see this altar that's built up. And band, if you want to, you can go ahead and come up. Um, we see this altar that Nebuchadnezzar builds. And let me tell you this. This is what I wanted to share with you. Like chapter 3, biblical integrity, doesn't happen without chapter 1, biblical integrity. And what I mean by that is God is going to put certain things in your life. You're going to face certain things. You're going to go through certain tests. And listen, each one of them is designed so that you can stand firm in your faith and see God move so that when you face the bigger situation, you can look back and go, God moved then, he's going to move now. And we get to this point, and it's, if you've heard the story, the story goes like this. Nebuchadnezzar says, when you hear the music, when you hear the harp, the lyre, the zither, all these other different instruments, when you hear this music, you're to bow down to this idol. Those who don't bow down to the idol, they're going to be cast into a fire. They're going to be thrown into a fire. And what happens? The harp, the lither, the, the desire or the what, whatever, I, I can't remember the name, the zither, not the lither. <laughs> but all this music plays, and guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know what I bet? I bet they were locked arms. Yeah, guys, we're not bowing. You want to talk about having accountability in your life. I bet those guys were like, hey, we can't do this. We can't. And they're reminding each other, hey, remember when God showed up when we were supposed to eat that food? Like, he's going to show up here. And what happened? People who were not believers, people who were not a part of this, who, who were bowing down, they came to Nebuchadnezzar and they're like, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, great King Nebuchadnezzar. Long live the king. Just, hey, we want you to know we love you. Those Jews, they're not bowing. And so Nebuchadnezzar has him come up. And here's what, here's what I love about the story. Is Nebuchadnezzar asks him the question, is it true? Is it true that you're not bowing? You know what's unique about it is I think in that moment, maybe it's easy for them to say, hey, we're not going to bow. We're going to call Nebuchadnezzar's bluff. But in this moment, the threat of the fire was absolutely credible. Absolutely credible. And he says, hey, is it true that you're not bound? I'll give you one more chance. I'll give you one more chance. The music plays. And you know what they said? They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't even need to answer you in this. You know why? Because it doesn't matter what the threat is. It doesn't matter what the concern is. If I'm kicked off the team, if you won't let me be in the group anymore, it doesn't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? Because I'm not bowing. And guess what? Even if you choose to throw us in the fire, God can save us from the fire. And we believe he will. But even if he doesn't, we're not bowing. Boy, you want to talk about spiritual integrity? 
you want to talk about three boys, three young men that were going, hey, we know, we know who God is. We've seen God move. Our integrity has been tested and tried. And guess what? We're going to continue to hold firm on it. And guess what happened? Nebuchadnezzar got so angry, he heated the fire up seven times more than what it was. Bound him up. And the fire was so hot that the guys that threw him in the fire had said that they just threw the, some of the biggest men threw him in the fire. Guess what? They died because the fire was so hot. And my favorite question in all of scripture follows next. You know what he said? Nebuchadnezzar looks into it and he goes, hey, didn't you throw three men into the fire? <laughs> Man. He said, I see four. And one of them looks like the son of God. Guess who got saved that day? <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. He's like, oh my gosh. He has him pull out. He yells into the fire. Hey boys, come out. And he sees that they haven't been burned. They haven't been touched. You know what that tells me? You can be in the world and not have to smell like the world. And he says, he promotes them. And then he goes on to talk about how great their God is. And here's, here's what I love about this. And here's the reason why I think this story means so much to me, is these were students. And this was a king who, again, is having them fall down and worship idols. We get to the very end of Daniel chapter four. Daniel chapter four, verse 37. This is the last recording of Nebuchadnezzar. He says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, Praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways are justice. You know why? Because three students had spiritual integrity and God used them in a mighty, mighty way. And the reason why I love this story is because students, here's what I want you to understand. The spiritual integrity that you work on and you practice and you implement in your life today God wants to use you in your very circumstance that you're at. Not once, he doesn't want to wait till you're an adult. Some of you in here, listen, I know you've got, you've got brothers or sisters that are far from the Lord in your home. God wants to use you. God wants them to see that you're set apart. And guess what? There's going to be moments where your integrity is going to be tested. There's going to be moments where it's tough. And you sit here and you say, you know what? I'm not bowing. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be ugly about it. But you know what? I'm not bowing. And guess what? God's going to show up. And when God shows up, guess what? People are going to receive what God has for them because of your obedience and your integrity and your desire to want to sit here and say, hey, we're following what God says and we're standing firm. And I just want to encourage you with that this evening. God wants to move in your life in ways that you can't even comprehend. And here's what I believe. I believe for every single one of you in here tonight, God's going to move in a mighty way. When we, when we recognize that this is fundamentally foundational to our life, when we recognize the need for wholeness and completeness of integrity, when we recognize the fact that we are gonna be transparent and we're gonna value that over image and we're gonna focus on having a daily walk with the Lord and be submitted to the accountability God's put in our life, God's gonna go, that's an equation I can work with and I'm gonna multiply everything they put their hand to and I'm gonna bless them in the midst of a world that doesn't really look like it wants to go through.